0: once upon a time homemade meant just that made in a home by an actual person but now it's just an excuse to add 50p to the price
1: whilst these were not made by me personally in my home i can assure you that they are the produce of a local bakery artisan then if you will
0: artisan my eye to episode 109 of the Talk of the Street, an unofficial Cornish Street Streetcatcher podcast that thinks so. I might have just been invited round to Tyrone and Fizzies for dinner. I'm Gavin.
1: And I'm not throwing away my shot. What? <laughs> I watched Hamilton yesterday. Oh, you did? Yeah, after you went to bed.
0: Oh. <laughs> I slept for about 70 hours yesterday.
1: Yeah, you did. <laughs> it was our anniversary.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, you were away for hours?
1: Yeah, because you were sleeping.
0: No, I got up when you left.
1: I didn't know that though.
0: You leaving was what woke me up. (laughs) So...
1: I was up for... Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Eight years.
0: Eight long, long years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What's happened in eight years?
0: Yeah, in some regards, but in others it feels like it was...
1: Just yesterday. Like
0: like two years ago it (laughs) were. Because it, it certainly doesn't feel like I've been in this country for eight years.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, my brother and, and sister-in-law, they've been married for three years now. And that does—that seems like it was just last year, doesn't right. it?
0: Mm-hmm. God, was not three years ago.
1: Yeah, because yeah, their anniversary is the day before ours. Right. Yeah. We like to keep things close, <laughs> I
0: guess. And happy Fourth of July to...
1: Those who practice. Right. <laughs> Partake.
0: Happy Traitor's Day. Is it? Yes, yeah, Traitor's Day. That's what Steve calls it. Hi, Steve. If you still listen. I'm not sure you do.
1: <laughs> That's what the Queen calls it.
0: Right. Uh, and Happy Canada Day to our wonderful Canadian listeners. Yeah, that was a couple Forever days ago. New yeah, Wednesday, I think. Yeah, yeah Wednesday.
1: Yeah.
0: Busy old start of the month.
1: Mm-hmm. It's weird because, you know, no parade, no fireworks, which... Oh, there will be fireworks. Uh, well, yeah, no official fireworks. Yeah, they're already... Our poor dog, I took him for a walk at, at dusk yesterday, mm-hmm. and I thought he was going to have a heart attack.
0: He does not enjoy fireworks. He
1: does not enjoy fireworks. And at one point when we were walking by, uh, walking by the park, by the river... He just, because we have that retractable leash, mm-hmm. and I had it I had it loose so that he could kind of walk around in the park, he crawled under some bushes, and I could not get him out. Really? <laughs> yes. Wow. He crawled into the bushes, and I was like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> he was just like, nope, 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 do not like that, do not like that.
0: I'd have thought he'd been really keen to get back home.
1: yeah. And I mean, we were kind of on the way back home too, and it was kind of on the way back home, you know, he kept trying to run to the other side of the street and run through people's house, through people's yards to get to get to the house quicker. Right. And I had to keep, you know, encouraging him to, to walk with me and, and stuff.
0: He's an asshole in the leash at the best of times, but I think the overhead explosions just... Yeah. Amp it up a little bit.
1: Yeah, he was. He would. He he was either walking right beside me, to the point of almost tripping me up, or yanking <laughs> the cha- the the leash in the complete opposite direction. Once slipped out of his collar.
0: Yeah, the the collar's weird because it's it's quite loose, mm-hmm. but to make it any tighter would make it too tight, right? It's like that kind of in between sort of. Um, Width, that's yeah. not the right word, but whatever. Whatever. But yeah, it's been 90 degrees for the last week. Yeah. But at the start of July, so by the time we get to August, it's going to be like 150 or whatever.
1: Yay! <laughs> well, the other day wasn't too bad. We were outside um, grilling and sitting in the shade, and that wasn't too bad. That was later in the day.
0: It was still 90 degrees, and yes, I was grilling. <laughs> And didn't eat anything.
1: You didn't eat anything?
0: No, I, was, I wasn't hungry.
1: Oh. That's a wee shame. You mm-hmm. we still have some of those brats. They're in the fridge. You didn't cook them all. Yeah, there's two in the fridge.
0: That's I don't a... like the smell of them, to be honest.
1: They were tasty. Chicken and mushroom brats. Yeah, we...
0: Yummy. Nah. Mm. Yeah. Shall we preamble, my dear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, give me some of that. I don't know. Patriotic. Patriotic. Calling you. There we go.
1: Well, we know Ben Price has had issues with bats. It seems rodents haven't finished with the Sofa Cinema Club, as Jack P. Shepard was bit by a rat this week. <laughs> he was putting out the garbage when a rat jumped out of the bin onto his neck and then bit him and then slid down his body, covered in garbage slime. You, it's horrifying.
0: You, I was, I was, you, you need to get that checked out, but I'm not <laughs> sure what you get checked out. Well,
1: you probably need something. like a, tet- a rabies shot maybe. A rabies even. shot.
0: Do rats, no, your rats carry rabies, don't they? Yeah. Did they?
1: I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure. Most most um mammals can get rabies. Rats, mammals? Yes, rats are mammals. All rodents are mammals. Rodents, that's it. Rats I'm not give live well. birth. They have hair. They're mammals.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's keep going. Let's get some <coughs> momentum here.
1: Michelle Keegan, who used to play Tina McIntyre, the OG Tina, the not Irish Tina, with. Has revealed in an interview in Cosmopolitan that she regrets feeling pressured into appearing in Lads Magazines as a younger actress. She says she wants other young women in the business to know it's okay to stand up for yourself and say no to things you're not comfortable with. So that's interesting. I, Lads Magazines are like, is that like Playboy or is no. that not as bad as Playboy? It's very even though Playboy's pretty tame.
0: It's very soft. No, there'd be no fluff, no floof. Uh, and probably, probably no nips. Hmm. So lots of side boob, lots of bikini shots, and that kind of thing. So
1: like the 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 Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, kinda.
0: <sighs> Perhaps just with a bit more emphasis on. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, there's lots of emphasis on "ha" in the swimsuit issue. I've, I've never seen it, so I can't really say. But <laughs> I don't even—I don't even know if that's still a thing. I think it is. I don't even know if magazines are still a thing.
0: <laughs> I remember magazines.
1: Remember magazines.
0: <laughs> I'm suddenly remembered for my collection of uh, gentlemen's uh, literature that I had <laughs> when I was a boy living with my mum that I'd hid in a a school uh, satchel and then when my mom died and I went to empty the house, the satchel was still there but the magazines weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes.
1: Cringe. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Finally, <laughs> in more fantastic Maureen Lipman news, oh. the best actress in the world has revealed she keeps sausages stuffed in her bra and liver in her cardigan pocket to keep the dog who plays Cerberus from wandering off. <laughs> Wondering if that would work on Dobby.
0: He doesn't wander off. For
1: walks. You know, maybe he wouldn't pull in the chain so much if I or, not chain, leash if I had uh, sausages stuffed in my bra. Uh, I,
0: I don't <laughs> think we need to find out. That's fine.
1: I wonder if that would work on you.
0: Uh-uh. I don't wear a bra. No. Oh, so no.
1: In this situation, you'd be the dog.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't think I'm following this, but whatever.
1: If I kept sausages stuffed in my bra, maybe you'd take more of an interest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, there is only one way to find out. <laughs> Hindsight corner.
1: Bloop, 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 bloop,
0: bloop, bloop. Fake Cory News Fake well, Not really, but basically last week you said Daisy instead of Dolly. What was that
1: <laughs> Daisy instead of Dolly what?
0: Dolly Rose Campbell, who plays Gemma. You called her Daisy.
1: Instead of Dolly. mm mm-hmm.
0: yeah. You did it twice.
1: Hello <sighs> Dolly, I'm sorry. Dolly. You're not going to mention the whole Johnny thing? What Johnny thing? The fact that there was a DNA test. Turns out... Johnny took a DNA test. Turns out he's actually Carla's dad. So Scott can't be Carla's dad. Right. Yeah. Remember we speculated last week that Scott might be Carla's dad. We're allowed to speculate. It's when we posit
0: things as fact.
1: Yeah. And... Even even if we know and Carla knows and Johnny knows that Scott isn't Carla's dad, Scott might still think that Scott could possibly be Carla's dad.
0: He's undoubtedly he interested the DNA in Carla,
1: test. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Can I hit my button again?
1: No. welcome welcome
0: welcome welcome to last year tonight with me john oliver just enough time to talk about goodbye mr torso meat this goodbye was goodbye mr
1: what kind of meat
0: torso
1: okay for a second there i thought you said turtle turtle and meat and oh. then, and then I, I was going to get upset
0: this was bethany and maria they were on a dating app i can't vaguely remember that because of course they were right I was and you were amused and then patriotic You were patriotic last yeah. year Because it was the 4th of July, just That's like right. it is right now, today Yes We were both very happy that Natalie and Lolly were both up for female bad guy In an award ceremony I do not care to remember Was mm. it this British Soup Awards? Something like I that I don't know, <laughs> whatever Evelyn and Alina were uh, both up for best newcomer
1: And Alina
0: won Did you? Yeah, pretty sure I don't think she did.
1: I think she did, and we were like, that's weird. <laughs> because she was barely in it she at She hadn't the time. been in it for very long. Right.
0: And hadn't been in very many scenes. Right. Uh, Nigel but- Havers was up for best exit, which happened off screen.
1: Well, you see his dead body.
0: Canadian Helen wrote in to praise your singing, something I believed you were fishing for.
1: something I believe I am always fishing for.
0: Tim's fucking dad sells jasmine stuff to little Baz because he's an asshole. But this was not the bloke from Bread.
1: It's not the bloke from Bread.
0: It was a different guy who wasn't in Bread. Okay. Maria does an impression of Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver in the Mirror at the Barbers. Ugh. So well advised.
1: Yes. That whole, you know, selling stuff never got resolved.
0: No, that was a year ago. Yeah. That was a year ago. Yeah. Dear God. I'm wearing my...
1: Uh, you're wearing your Rapinoe shirt.
0: Just, just by happenstance.
1: Right. Very patriotic. Because it because I washed it and it was on the table in the folded pile of your clean clothes. That's yeah. why you were wearing it.
0: And you're wearing a USA shirt. USA. Is that deliberate?
1: USA. Kinda. It was like the first thing I grabbed. I was like, oh, this is perfect. Okay. Yeah.
0: Where did I get to?
1: I don't know. Uh,
0: Carla is back from Carlisle with Peter and, briefly, Simon. And she's got Carla some revolutionary ideas for what to do with the factory. <sighs> Ali, Ali has his sights set on Maria. No one wonders about Carol. Nick and David can no <laughs> longer remember who was responsible for what when it came to stealing Audrey's money and now both become embroiled in a game of one-upmanship as the blame game increases in intensity to such a degree that a mannequin Audrey topples over in shock. Oh. What? Remember, the uh, There was a struggle, Mm -hmm. David threw something, Mm -hmm. it hit what we're expected to believe is the back of Audie's head when it cleared up. It wasn't. (laughs) It was a mannequin. Yes. I loved that. Yeah. There's a little gif of that. That's great. (laughs) Moment of the week was Nick talking to Leanne about his brain injury and boring moment of the week was Roy ironing. And I forgot to mention her mailbag, which was very empty, save for lots of interactions with listeners that was largely poutine based. Mm. Thank you, Christy. Shall we dive in, uh, my dear?
1: Yes, please, it's roasting
0: Lots of little bitty storylines And then one massive storyline this week Yes <clears throat> Let's start with the middle-aged bit Because the first storyline is also the last storyline yes. Ty's home from work in a bit of a state Fizz has decided now that she appreciates her life And her home and everything Because remember last week she was very disillusioned Right She gives him a beer, then nips out for pizza Apparently Hope has an earache So they can't go out And Ruby was reading something to her.
1: Yeah, she's got like an ear. Remember when I had an ear infection a couple weeks ago?
0: I think you mentioned it once or twice, yeah.
1: Yeah. I I wouldn't have been up for going out to eat in that state.
0: Okay. (laughs) Fizz comes back down the stairs. Ty is loafing in his vest, letting his pizza settle. Fizz pointing out they were supposed to be tidying up after dinner. Yes. Fizz thinks the two of them are turning into Jack and Vera. That's hilarious. It was hilarious. Tyrone laughs it off, saying that they're them, not anyone else, and he proposes a fancy night out tomorrow. But then he does his uh, jack impression and starts talking about pigeons and stuff. Which was hilarious. That was great. Chesney is off to work, and Gemma wants him to stay home. She's worried that she can't cope without him, and they've barely had a chance to talk uh, to each other for weeks. Then one of the babies starts crying, and so Gemma tells Chesney, oh, fuck it, just go to work after all. (laughs) Then Fisk. (laughs) They still haven't got that door fixed.
1: Well, no, that's that's their door now. That's got, like, the half door. And she loves it, so that's going to be their door from now on. I love it. It's hilarious.
0: This catches up with Chesney outside the kebab shop. She's surprised that he's at work, but he claims it's only helping out and he's in Gemma's shitbooks. Fizz seems to think the quads are growing up and will be independent soon. What? And she suggests that he and Gemma have a date night like she and Ty are going to have tonight. Later, Chesney's in the pub and asks Paul if he and Billy could babysit, but they're about to go out for a date night themselves. Chesney explains how he's worried about his relationship with Gemma and guilts Paul into cancelling his plans to do the babysitting after all. Then Chesney comes home as Gemma's unloading washing into the... I've got... This may be wrong. Uh Uh-huh. Chesney comes home as Gemma's unloading washing onto the street.
1: No, she's got a bag of laundry that she's taking to the laundrette. Oh, okay. So she's not dumping clothes onto the street, no.
0: No, that sentence is a little (laughs) misleading. She's sick of it. She's missing going to clubs and throwing up and having a kebab and all that stuff. Then Chesney reveals that they're going out for a fancy date tonight. Ty has made a wonderful dinner for Fizz.
1: He really has. He's gone all out. He's gone all out. Prawn cocktail. (laughs) No less. I brought you home prawn cocktail last night. You did? For our anniversary, but I didn't make it. I just picked it up. Super. At the English Inn. And I also got you grilled salmon because it was our Mm-hmm.
0: And it was your turn to cook.
1: <laughs> it was nice. It was very nice. It was at the duck. English Inn. It was, it was delicious. It was a,
0: yeah. it was a um, generous portion.
1: Yes. It should be. <laughs> like 30 bucks a plate. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah this, this English sl- Inn is not cheap. It's but that- it's good.
0: This is a place that we went to on uh, Valentine's Day.
1: Yes, and also our anniversary last year.
0: Right. It's kind of the fancy go-to place. Yes. It's in this kind of English-looking... ...stately home. It's not a cottage. Out I, in the outskirts. It's a, a stately home, like a little manor.
1: Yes.
0: And our uh, Valentine's Day menu was 75 bucks a head. Mm-hmm. And somehow... We managed to spend like two hundred and fifty,
1: right? Because didn't we both add lobster tails? <laughs> we
0: did, and ordered really expensive cocktails. Yes. And then when you see the bill, you're like, "Oh, oh, this should have been like one hundred and fifty bucks."
1: Yeah, it was like one hundred and eighteen yesterday for our both of our meals. Uh, wow,
0: plus tip, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, because they add on twenty percent, I think. Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous because <laughs> you're not. You're not tipping your server. I mean, you are tipping the person who's walking your food out and putting their life in their hands. The person who cooked it. Yeah, tips don't tend to go to the chef, though. Tips are not for chefs. Chefs get well paid. It's the wait staff who get the tips. Oh, Oh well. Oh, well.
0: Where did we get to? I don't know. Oh, yeah, he's made a wonderful dinner. Yes. When Gemma and Chesney burst in, they (laughs) think date night is a Tie and Fizzies. Fizz explains the mistake and Chez and Gemma are ready to leave until they hear that the menu is prawn cocktail and steak and all the trimmings and Fizz sets a couple more plates so Gemma gets wired into the vino. And yes, well, well they, they brought
1: the vino so it's okay that she got wired into it, although it's hilarious that she filled her glass all the way to the top. Classy. Classy. <laughs> and they're going to have creme brulee for dessert. I don't so like creme brulee. He must have one of those a little, little torch. tiny torches mm-hmm. Yes, which is Fizz's favourite And also mine. I love creme brulee. Mm,
0: Not really a fan of puddings anyway. You're
1: not a fan of sweets at all. No, Not really.
0: I will have a bit of cheesecake if you force me. (laughs) But I'll I'll never go, oh, I could really go a bit of cheesecake. Mm. It doesn't happen.
1: I made you eat one strawberry shortcake the other day that I made.
0: Mm -hmm. Then you made this other cake yesterday. What was that all about?
1: Yeah, I, I made a strawberry bundt cake. Why? Because I like baking and because I had strawberries that were going to that were gonna turn oh. and so I wanted to bake them so that they would last longer.
0: Excellent. So this storyline is kind of filler, isn't it? Just to...
1: Yeah. There's quite a few filler a stories of... this week. Delightful filler stories, but filler stories nonetheless.
0: Yeah, that's not really going anywhere. No. I, I would be amazed of it.
1: And it was nice to see Fizz and, and Chesney remember that they're related.
0: It was nice of us to remember that they're related. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I wasn't confused by that at all, for a change.
1: Mm. Why did she speak to him Oh, right.
0: last <laughs> week? <laughs> because they're brothers and that's, sister.
1: Yeah, yeah. Fizz is not a dude.
0: No. Seb's pointless storyline. Uh, half of this really belongs in another storyline, but yes. I put it in and it didn't fit, so I've taken it back out again, so some of this pertains to yes the last storyline that we're going to talk about. Right. But we start the week. Right? But
1: this is the Emma bits of that storyline, so uh-huh. it's fine.
0: Because there's only like a little bit of it. Right. But Emma's hand is still stuck in that vase. <sighs> <laughs> Alina's trying to steam in the oil or something that... Or both. Or mm-hmm. whatever.
1: They tried one, then they tried the other, and now she's going to try both. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a slight struggle and Emma's hand comes free. Well, that's a relief then.
1: And she's still holding a sponge.
0: Yeah, let go of the sponge in your hand would have probably just popped out straight away. You make your fist is making it more difficult, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've never had my hand stuck in a vase. No. Or a tube of Pringles, for that matter.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't I really be stuck in a pr- tube of Pringles because that's straight up and down whereas the vase you get it down and then it's got the bulbous part at the bottom and that's how it gets stuck Mm -hmm. and apparently she doesn't want to break the vase because first of all that would be dangerous because glass would shatter everywhere and also her grandmother gave it to her father who is now deceased so she wants to keep it so it's a it's a precious family heirloom right That looked like it just came from TJ Maxx.
0: (laughs) So she had the flowers that she didn't want from Seb in it. Mm -hmm. So this is how she washes it, I guess.
1: Yeah, so she washed it after she threw away the flowers. Okay. That she said she had left at the salon, which you would think they would still be at the salon. But she brought them home to throw them out? Why wouldn't she just throw them out and wash the vase at the... Salon. I don't know. I don't know either.
0: Why would you lie about that?
1: It's I. <laughs> I don't know.
0: And we never find out.
1: No. Uh,
0: anyway, Liz, as Emma's and buzzes up, we wouldn't. We, we don't hear any of this. We, yeah, we, we, we don't hear from, and we don't
1: see Liz at all.
0: No, we we hear it from Emma's point of view mm-hmm. as she kind of repeats it back. Liz has some news and asks if Alina's there. Alina's about to head out to another storyline, but Liz advises that she holds on for a bit. Emma might be needing a friend real real soon. Alina, though, is meant to be meeting Seb and has a text from him saying that he's waiting in the pub. So Liz has been has upset Emma and, and then has immediately gone. left. Yes. And we see none of us.
1: We see no Liz this week.
0: No. She says that Oliver was uh, Emma. This is, Emma says that Oliver was her anchor in this new family, and Leanne must be in bits as well as Steve because of reasons that we'll find out later. It's so unfair. Emma goes off to the bathroom, leaving Alina to call Seb, telling him that the meeting is off. It was a bad idea, and she asks him not to ask her out again. And again, we don't see Seb.
1: Well, we saw we see him in the street before this, texting Alina. Right.
0: Emma and Alina are in Roy's roles It seems that Emma has made up with Seb now And they're friends again Alina is still worried about Emma being on her own And offers to stay with her But Emma's going to work for a bit So she'll be fine At the factory, Michael and Alina are chatting about Seb And how she stood him up because of Emma Alina needs to put Emma first It's the right thing to do And Michael looks like he's not falling for this one little bit And he actually kind of encourages Alina to kind of fuck Emma over And Go out with Seb after. Yeah,
1: which is not a nice thing to do. No,
0: and none of his business. Right. Back at the flat, Alina is doing Emma's nails and is depressing her with tales from Romania. Alina thinks Emma is lucky to have her family so close by and Emma thinks she's going to have to give her brother a call. And that's as far as we get with that yes. storyline. Her, this week.
1: her, her brother, not from with Steve, right. well, yeah, her, her brother with her mother, not right. Oliver. She's not giving Oliver a call. No. No. Her other brother.
0: He can't come to the phone right now. <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> He's not a very good conversationalist at the best of times. <laughs> Poor Oliver. Awful, awful. So,
0: I don't think we've seen the end of this kind of triangle.
1: Yeah. And despite
0: Alina's protest- protestations.
1: And once again, it's that same old story where Emma gets screwed over mm-hmm. in a love triangle and then becomes best friends with the woman who actually gets the guy. Because uh-huh. remember she and Gemma were besties for a while there after she and Chesney right. went Kablooey. So now she's besties with Alina.
0: <sighs> she deserves so much better.
1: Yes. Although I I have to say um Storylines with just Emma and Alina, I'm all for because they both deserve better than Seb.
0: <laughs> this is true.
1: And everything. I saw I saw an article earlier in the week speculating that there might be some bisexual storyline between the two of them at some point. And I kind of hope that doesn't happen because... We've we've already we've already done the bisexual experimentation and then completely forget that the person is bisexual the next week. Tracy. Yes, we've already done that this year, so I think we can we can skip that. I'd like to see them do more interesting things than have sex.
0: Well, they've, they've kind of got rid of <clears throat> well, they kind of got rid of the older lesbians, really, haven't they? I know that that's not the, the same thing, but oh. it, it seems that this is just a way to kind of shoehorn
1: nope. some back in. Paula's still around. She's bisexual. and Is Tracy bisexual or did she just get drunk and fall into bed with the first person? I think the latter. Yeah.
0: Although she claimed that she'd had, had form in this. She'd
1: yeah. She claimed that she'd fooled around on the other side of the fence before. So mm-hmm. I think she's bisexual.
0: Does that make you bisexual? Or a little bit bit curious?
1: i don't know i don't know gender and sexuality are so fluid it doesn't really matter anyway
0: uh, let's talk about another threesome then <laughs> <laughs> what
1: i love this this is my favorite thing this is my favorite thing ever 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 Forever, I I laughed so much last night when I was watching this at one thirty in the morning. Because <laughs> I watched all three episodes after I watched Hamilton. Right. So, I laughed so much. This just... Evelyn's face throughout the whole thing was just so precious. I just... I love it. I love it. And I love that Roy is back into this triangle. This makes me happy.
0: I haven't... I haven't said anything so far. I know.
1: I know, but I know what you're going to talk about. So
0: continue. I can't continue because I haven't started. (laughs) Evelyn is in Roy's rolls, complaining about the definition of homemade in relation to pastries. Call them artisan, says Roy. (coughs) Artisan, my. Aye, says Evelyn. She's about to say art. Mm -hmm. And she orders a couple of lattes and a couple of pastries that Roy quickly deduces one of which is for her gentleman friend.
1: And then she quickly stuffs a sausage in her bra
0: he's a friend and a gentleman but he's not a gentleman friend says Evelyn at which point Arthur comes in admiring one of Roy's train paintings in the shop she's a beaut and Evelyn briefly thinks that he's talking about her yes train man asks Roy train
1: man train man
0: (laughs) (laughs) and Arthur reveals that his uncle Bob worked for British Rail or whatever and they both enthuse about old steam locomotives fascinating says Evelyn and she goes over to their table
1: right alone
0: yep But then the next thing we see, Roy has kind of backed himself <laughs> in, in one of the chairs at their table, right. has invited themselves, and, is, and he's being a bit of a gooseberry as he and Arthur continue the train talk. Evelyn actually puts on her jacket and gets her bag and gets ready to leave <laughs> while they're still talking. Yeah. And then rain, then Roy goes on about train poetry. Evelyn wants to leave with Arthur to go to the movies. Arthur, uh, Roy asks Arthur out for a pint later. <laughs> And Arthur is happy to oblige. Evelyn looks like she wants to either throw up or kill both of them. <laughs> and later, Arthur apologizes for speaking with Roy and offers to take Evelyn out whenever she wants to go out and she says that she'll text him when she's ready. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as we got with that this week.
1: Uh, it was very good. It was very good. It's like of course he's a train man. He was either going to be a train man or a bat man, and we already have the the we, are,
0: he we the already did to the, the Batman, bat thing. Right.
1: With uh, Nina,
0: Train Man,
1: Train Man, <laughs> you a Train Man?
0: I do hope that he's going to uh, continue trying to steal Arthur away from Evelyn. Evelyn.
1: I I I also love the fact that you know in the very beginning he was kind of fishing a little bit about was oh, one of these for your for your gentleman friend, mm-hmm. so. Don't think he asks that of every every customer that no, comes in. No, I was
0: quite surprised that he asked that at all because it's kind of gossipy, and hmm. Roy kind of abhors gossip. Right, refuses to join in with it. But but he said to her, no, "I just recall that he, when he came in the last time, it was a a custard uh-huh. tart or whatever, right. was and, and you just ordered another one, right? And she calls him Sherlock fucking Holmes or whatever. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, she's great." <coughs> Does this kind of move into a direction that you've been wanting all along? Yes. It kind That's of does, doesn't it?
1: That's why I love the fact that he was fishing there at the beginning. Like
0: He was showing an interest. Yes. But in Arthur.
1: No. In the beginning when he says, is this for your gentleman friend? Mm-hmm. He was fishing to see if he was indeed her Gentleman, friend, mm-hmm. is this gonna is this going to be a geriatric polyamorous relationship? Do you think? Are we gonna get our very first polyamorous relationship on the street, and it'll be Roy and Arthur and and Evelyn? Are they are they going to be a thruple? <laughs> well,
0: that's a lot of wrinkly skin, isn't it?
1: Hey, what? Older ladies have a higher sex drive than younger ladies, so Evelyn needs it any way she can get it.
0: <laughs> good for her.
1: Yes, good for her.
0: No, I enjoyed that immensely. Me too. Uh, I just like the fact that we didn't even see him sit down. It's just, we cut to it and he's already there. Yes. <laughs> and her her face, she's kind of, she's pretending to fidget with something on the <laughs> table or she's looking at her hands, but you can just see that she's so fuming.
1: Yeah. And I'm kind of
0: st- surprised that Arthur didn't notice because he seems a bit more observant of these sort of things than Roy is. Roy wouldn't notice. No. Unless she said that she was angry. Yeah. Roy would have no idea. Or he'd maybe guess it, mm. but Arthur should know, shouldn't mm-hmm. he?
1: Well, it's not every day that you bump into another train enthusiast. <laughs> you know, and he seemed to be really enjoying the conversation with with Roy as much as as much as Roy was. Oh, yeah. Because I'm sure he doesn't have anybody to talk to about this sort of thing.
0: I kind of confused him for a moment with Richard. R.I.P. Just in my head, just to think of, where did he come from again?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Because he just appeared, didn't he?
1: He, No, um, Evelyn bumped into him at the vets when Cerberus ate something and had to have emergency surgery.
0: We don't see very much of Richard's dog. Not Richard. See? Arthur's dog.
1: No. Who's a... a? Is it? Was it a Labradoodle? I can't remember. It was one of those weird mixes. Anyway. Anyway. It was a lady's dog, and then they found out that it was a man's dog, and the man was Arthur. Mm-hmm. And Arthur's like, oh, Evelyn, I haven't seen you in ages.
0: We have been going for less than 40 minutes, and we're about to talk about our penultimate storyline. And it ain't a long one. This is mm-hmm. Scott in a tabard.
1: <laughs> Scott in a... Uh, oh. In a vest. In a light vest. tabard. Yeah. I like a
0: bit of tabard every now and again.
1: I think we have at least one reflective vest mm-hmm. still in this house.
0: And that's what Scott is in. Having a pint in the Rovers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Before he goes to his work. Sure. <laughs> Why not? When Jenny bursts in without Johnny. She's back and looking forward to a cuppa. She came home. He stayed. It's that simple. End of story. Now, what's the gossip? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Welcome back, Jenny.
1: Welcome back.
0: Having heard what the gossip is that we haven't talked about yet, Jenny is in the back room and she reveals how she lost Tom and uh, how she was so upset about this situation. And she's explained all this to Emma, who is, as usual, lovely and encourages Jenny to talk about it. Later, two days later, Scott is looking for a pint which Jenny insists is on the house. Jenny is angered at Johnny staying on in France and Scott is curious how long but Jenny has no idea. So what do you think has happened here?
1: Johnny is still avoiding Scott. I think they were going on their way home and then they got the phone call from Carla because she mentions that you know, Johnny had been on the phone with Carla just two days ago and now all of a sudden he's decided to stay and Mm. I think he's decided to stay because Carla slips in that Scott is still there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we're still none the wiser about No why we're trying to avoid Scott. Scott. Why Scott <laughs> seems to be staying at the Rovers forever now.
1: Yes. Well, he's, he's got some <clears throat> sort of work going on.
0: Yeah. And I don't um, know where. Specific work that requires a.
1: Right, because he's, const- he's in construction. And I thought initially that he was involved with um, the bistro, but that was Ed, and it's all done.
0: Uh huh. Curious.
1: Very curious.
0: Our final storyline today is <clears throat> all about Oliver. So you may remember last week finished up with uh, Steve and Leanne getting taken into the, to speak to the consultant or the, the doctor or whatever. Correct. And without Oliver being there. Yes. So the doctor tells Leanne and Steve that Oliver does have mitochondrial disease. After all, uh, she doesn't want to give them false hope, but there's a spelling mistake in his DNA, essentially. His body doesn't take energy from food, if understood that properly. It's a life-limiting condition. It's not reversible. And Steve and Leanne, obviously, are both shocked. Meanwhile, back at their house, the social worker thinks that uh, Toya and Imran are strong, con- are strong candidates for foster parenting. Even after all that Susie business. Really?
1: <laughs> well, it it was a number of years ago.
0: It was like two years ago.
1: Yeah. Two years ago. Susie is with her mother far away. And she wasn't the only one who sort of <laughs> tried to keep that child illegally, so
0: Yeah, that's the uh, that's the real nub of the thing though, isn't it? That you tried to keep this baby illegally. Well, and lied about it.
1: She lied about it, but it and wasn't went mental. She lied about it, but it wasn't. It wasn't like she's. It wasn't like Johnny stealing Susie, because Susie's mum, Susie's real mum, was in on it as well. This was an agreement between the two of them. Let's remember, she just pretended that she was the one who was pregnant and passed it off as hers, which is ridiculous. But I don't know if it's necessarily. Illegal if it's with a mother's consent. I don't know. The whole thing is weird, but I don't... I don't know. I
0: would imagine it would negate any chance that you would think that you would have in fostering a child, but apparently not. And they have an appointment in front of the panel on July 10th. Now all you need to do is speak to Leanne. And this July 10th is way in the future. This isn't something that's going to happen next week. Steve... Uh, back at the hospital wants to know how long Oliver's got Years, months, weeks And the doctor, because they never get uh, Specific about this kind of thing Refuses to be drawn And Leanne meanwhile wants a second opinion He's been getting better, he's been wanting to eat The doctor's already passed the test results on to a colleague uh, To get their views on it But Leanne wants to speak to a specialist And wants to see Oliver and she storms out the room Imran and Toya land at the Rovers and share their good news with Craig, Alia and Ryan. Conveniently, Craig wants to move back with his mum so he can save up for his own place and Ryan and Alia don't object to getting background checks done although Imran does seem keen on them getting their own place at some point.
1: Right, whereas Toya's like, well, no. if baby, only, The child only needs one room so if Craig's gone, they can stay and it might be helpful to to save some money about. I just
0: everything about this situation just doesn't make a, a huge amount of sense is you're in a in a unconventional living arrangement mm-hmm. with people that are kind of transient and come and go and who you live with next week might not be who you're living with They've, five weeks from now.
1: Everybody in that house has been living there for quite some time. It's not as it's not Eileen's house for Pete's sake.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So it's not so you have this That's Susie bad. thing
0: lingering in the back of your mind, and then you see how they're living, and who they're living with. They're,
1: they're living... Would a, would a foster
0: child be placed in that environment? I kind of find it hard to believe.
1: What's wrong with who they're living with? They're living with three other adults, one who's a police officer. You know, and none of them... They're not convicts or anything.
0: Hmm. And this
1: is just this is just fostering. Um, the actress who plays Toya did say in a um, an interview this week. Georgia Taylor. Yes, Georgia Taylor. It's hot in here. Shut up. I would have called her Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, that we are we are to assume that and that this has been, even though we haven't seen it. And this is the first we're hearing about it, mm-hmm. that we are to assume that this has been a process that has been gone ongoing for quite some time. Oh, it's tough to be, yeah. Yeah, because these things don't turn around this quickly. Right. You know, I remember when my parents adopted my, my little brothers and, um, of course, adoption is different from fostering, but still, you know, a lot of work had to be done on the house. Um. Like, the windows needed to be enlarged in the rooms where they were would be staying in. And um, we needed to put, like, a gate or something around the fireplace or the the wood stove and everything. Like, the house is completely checked out. and They were completely checked out. And their work was completely checked out. It's an ongoing process. It's very lengthy. Mm-hmm. How old were they? Oh, gosh. Larry was, like, five.
0: Huh.
1: And Stephen was, Stephen would be seven. Mm
0: -hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Back at the hospital, Leanne is snapping at the specialist. Oliver's getting better, she says. Nick is there too, as are Tracy and Steve at this point. Mm -hmm. The specialist explains that there will be good days and bad days, but he will have serious problems in the future, and they're going to need to be prepared for that. She's quite... Direct, which mm-hmm. I think I appreciated It might be an idea to let him know Why this is happening to him when the trips to the hospital in Intensive care are going to be part of his future It might not be as scary For him if he if Understands he knows it's why coming, yeah. Leanne wants Steve to show the specialist the petting zoo video In fact, why don't we all go at the petting zoo Right now, and she storms out again And she refuses to believe this Yeah, <clears throat> Back Quite home. heartbreaking yeah, back home Simon's been making a surprise tea when Leanne and Nick come in. Leanne snaps at Simon and takes Oliver to his bedroom while Nick explains that they've had some bad news. Outside, Steve wants to be with his son but doesn't know if Leanne is going to be welcoming to the idea. Fuck Leanne says Tracy, <laughs> you have every right to see your boy. Absolutely. Steve asks Tracy to tea, uh, to explain what's happening to Amy. Along comes Toya who has already spoken to Nick so she knows that yeah. this isn't great news. And Toya goes round to see Leanne but Nick uh, advises against it. She doesn't even want to see Steve. And Leanne comes out of the room looking for a fight, calling it a dinner party because Simon's still cooking. And
1: yeah, he's made a lovely mushroom risotto.
0: She's looking for Oliver's book. She needs it right now, but uh, she's left it at the hospital. She remembers. She remembers. Desperate to get out of the house, Simon goes to grab a bus to the hospital to go get it. Yeah,
1: Simon has the- been such a good kid. And I was already angry at Leanne <laughs> at this point with the way she's treating her other son mm-hmm. but it gets so much worse
0: uh, She's treating everybody like this though Yeah Because she says some pretty nasty things to everybody. Toya as we will find out <clears throat> So st- later Simon texts Toya to say that he's found a book and Leanne who is a tsunami around the flat Insists that she'll be the one to read the story, and she wants Steve to get to fuck Toya offers to leave, and Leanne tells her that she used to be sorry for her wanting a kid But she can't miss what she never had And Nick is a bit, oh, that's a little bit, ouch Toya leaves, and Nick tells Leanne to stop pushing people away Stop making enemies, and then Leanne storms out the flat Imran and Toya get home Toya wants to postpone, but Imran wants to hold fire. Let's see how things go and Toya thinks this draws a line under the fostering matter and it's not going to change any time soon and Imran Imran looks really upset about this
1: Yes And later,
0: Leanne is watching the parents zoo video again Nick sits next to her and Leanne explains how much she wanted Oliver to be, uh, to be hers and Nick's instead of Steve Maybe that was her one chance She can't lose her baby boy and she breaks down in Nick's arms It's 5am the next morning and Nick wakes up alone in bed. He gets up and finds Leanne is gently explaining to Oliver about his brain hiccups that make him feel poorly and how when that happens they'll take him to the doctors and nurses to make him feel better. Nick pats her shoulder as Oliver goes back to sleep. And Imran and Toya are having breakfast in the Rovers. She very astutely realises that Imran has uh, brought her out in public for breakfast to have this conversation so she can't get too, (laughs) too animated and angry about it. Right. Because he brings up the fostering thing again Since Rana died, he says The two of them have been living in a bubble But now the idea of having someone to take care of feels right to him And he begs Toya to run it by Leanne And see what she thinks Toya wants nothing more than a child but can't ask But can't risk hurting Leanne Well, why don't you play it by ear then, says Imran And Toya agrees I quite enjoyed how they Kind of of Patiently and understanding of each other Mm -hmm. Kind of work together Yes I I think it's one of the reasons why I like the the couple as much as I do. Yes. As there was no, there was no flare point. No. When with other people, there probably would have been. Right. And somebody would have stormed out of something. Right. But no, they just kind of gently see each other's point, agree, and. uh,
1: They're... Toya especially is probably one of the most emotionally mature characters on the street. At this point.
0: Again, if we ignore the Susie thing, yep, absolutely. Right,
1: well, you know, she wasn't then. She is now Mm -hmm. because I think that built some self-awareness in her. And also, let's remember, she's a counselor by trade, Mm -hmm. you know, and she's one of the people that really cares about other people and does the emotional heavy lifting for a lot of people, which Imran astutely... You know, mentions to her that, you know, she's always taking care of other people. That she needs to occasionally think about herself and what she wants out of life. Mm -hmm. And it's good that she has him to do that for her. Right.
0: Yeah, that kind of reinforcement. (laughs) Later, Simon gets up. Nick's the only one that's in the the flat. And Simon is all down in the dumps and no longer gives a shit about his revision or his exams. Nick says they're all in shock. But Simon's exams are still important and are the best thing that he can do for Leanne And Simon reluctantly agrees Then Steve's round at Leanne's and he's driving her crazy <laughs> Which I can totally imagine Absolutely uh, She doesn't want him here all the time Even though they agreed that he could see Oliver whenever he wanted Then Steve is pissed when he finds out that Leanne has already talked to Oliver about his condition without him mm-hmm. Although she stopped short of telling him that he's going to die yeah. She tells Steve that when Oliver's gone, Steve will have Emma and Amy and she'll be left with fuck all. And Simon, standing in the doorway to his room, overhears this.
1: Yeah, and I was so angry at her. Mm-hmm. Poor Simon. Later. <laughs> Adopted kids are kids.
0: Did you see the little uh, gift that I retweeted this week? Of, no. Uh... It's the Soap Awards and... Peter, Chris Gascoigne's up for mm-hmm. uh, best actor and he obviously doesn't win. Right. And wee, tiny Simon, who's still a, a wee boy, mm-hmm. turns to him and says, You are robbed. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Gascoigne, who obviously doesn't really give a shit if he wins or not, right. just laughs. But it's just the um, the connection between the two. two is of them. It's so sweet. Just beautiful. <laughs> it really is because he's so gutted that Chris Gascoigne didn't win.
1: Oh, I'm going to have to look this up now. Oh,
0: it's, it's, it's three seconds long. It's. <laughs> It's just priceless. So, later... uh, Nope. Oliver doesn't run into Amy outside. Later, Simon runs into Amy outside, and he's not in the mood for a conversation. Amy suggests that he speak to the school and explain that there's something up with his brother, and the school will be understanding. Yeah. Simon points out that Oliver isn't his brother, and he's Leanne's problem, and he leaves Amy stunned in the street. But not like that. She's conscious. She's not... Yeah. Right. Now... Steve and Leanne are sitting at the table and Michelle sticks her head round the door and mentions Rory. No, that didn't happen. Leanne just wants. Steve
1: mentions Rory.
0: <laughs> Leanne just wanted to give Oliver a good life and Steve thinks that uh, they've done that for the last three years and hopefully they'll get a few more years uh, to come. Steve <laughs> offers to take... <laughs> Carry on. Steve offers to take Oliver to give her a rest and she agrees.
1: Yeah, stunningly. Mm-hmm. It's, like she's, it's like she's completely burned out Of all that anger
0: Right. Steve goes to get him And we can hear him talking to his wee boys Through the yeah. monitor and uh, Leanne breaks down uh, When she's on her own and Later, Toya has come round for a cuppa Checking to make sure that Leanne is okay And Leanne is frantic, trying to get all the information That she can about uh, Oliver's condition She needs to do everything that she can For him, and Toya seems to see this As not the right time to talk about Her plans for fostering Meanwhile, Simon is huffily hanging around about the lockers at school, and then he walks down the corridor and the bounciest shoes ever made. <laughs> boing boing <laughs> down the corridor there he goes. Later, Leanne is snoozing on the sofa when she gets a call from the headmaster of the school about Simon and his bouncy shoes. And when he gets home, Leanne knows that he didn't show up for his exam. She doesn't need this fucking stress in her life and doesn't need to be worrying about him fucking up his future. He says that he doesn't care, and Leanne says that he should think himself lucky that he has a future, and this is enough for Simon to storm out of the flat. Then Peter finds Simon in the metaphorical community garden. Peter thinks that he's failed his exam until Simon reveals that he didn't even sit it, and that Leanne wishes it was Simon what had died, which isn't exactly true. Simon explains what you overheard And Peter offers to speak to Leanne But Simon asks him not to
1: (laughs) Then he does anyway
0: (laughs) Back at the flat Toya tells Imran that she couldn't speak to Leanne In comes Alia and Toya asks her to keep quiet about the fostering thing And Imran again looks really crushed by this Nick has a fancy business meeting That Sarah tries to talk him out of After this meeting go home for Leanne And off he goes in the worst passenger car ever built The Rover 75 (laughs) God, I hated that guy.
1: I know you did.
0: Peter goes to see Leanne anyway and reminds her of what she said. She doesn't think she said any such thing. Peter has every sympathy. But Simon is still just a kid and she's his mum. And he needs to know that he's hers. He's feeling lost and he's only ever been second best. The fostering woman is at the flat now and Toy explains why this isn't uh, the a right good time, time for them anymore after Oliver and stuff. And man says, it's not never and the fostering woman is relieved. It's not every day that a woman who has a history of lying about a surrogate baby comes along, she says. <laughs> si- Simon comes home. You
1: know, she's a counsellor. He's a lawyer. They have steady income and a stable household. Honestly the fostering could do a lot worse and has
0: and as sad as that is it's absolutely true yes so uh, Simon comes home and Leanne apologises but Simon wants to move back in with his dad he thinks it's for the best and goes off to pack then in comes Nick and Leanne fills him in with what Peter told him and Nick does not look happy no then Nick meets Peter in the street and has a go. And Peter doesn't want to get into this, but Nick doesn't even know what was said. Nick thinks Peter is desperate for approval from his son. They both start pushing each other and are interrupted by Sarah and Tracy.
1: Unfortunately, no gnomes were harmed in the filming of the scene.
0: <laughs> this is just the start, says Tracy. Nick was a bit of a prick here, wasn't he?
1: He was absolutely a prick. <laughs> I, he's so lucky Peter didn't hit him. He would have gone down like oh, yeah. a Christmas tree.
0: Mm-hmm. On top of Rita, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, rather ominously, Tracy says, "This is just the start."
1: Yeah. Because emotions will flare up.
0: Yeah, we kind of uh, mentioned this a few weeks when a few weeks ago, when this was starting to look like we were going down this track about the dynamics between the the. The families that are involved, and you know, right. the kind of history, of rivalries, and stuff like that, there that right. have been kind of been set aside for a little while, and this is it all mm-hmm. kind of starting to bubble back up again.
1: And so many people, and so many families, you know, this whole community will be affected. You know, like we like we, we saw with Jenny. You know, Jenny is not attached really in any way to Oliver, but because she had. A child die and then had a mental break about it and tried to steal Kev's kid, right. whose name starts with a J, but I can't remember which one it is. Jack. Jack. Not Josh or Jacob or Jim or anything or else. Joby. <laughs> or Joby. Or <laughs> Joby. One day they will have a character named Joby on the show mm-hmm. and everybody in Scotland will laugh. Um, now I can't remember what I was going to say before Joby. Jenny, so it just it just goes to show that there's, when something like this happens in such a close-knit community, it affects everybody, mm-hmm. even people that you, you don't expect.
0: Right. Steve calls round to see Nick and Leanne and explains about Simon. Leanne wants Steve to stop saying words now, and Steve offers to take care of Oliver overnight and Leanne agrees. Meanwhile, Imran is in the pub hitting the whiskey. Ali comes in, and Imran thinks that Toya made the right decision. Later, Nick is at home, and Leanne is struggling to come to terms with everything. Nick admits to his run with Peter, but Leanne thinks that Peter was right. Later in the Nick pub. like, what? Right. Later in the pub backyard, Nick apologises to Peter for being out of order, and Peter says that he's not the enemy and he's there to help. Nick doesn't know what he can do for Leanne. Nick knows that Oliver isn't his. But it feels like he is, mm-hmm. and Peter then comforts Nick, and that's how we end this week's episodes Yeah. in record time—under an hour.
1: Yeah, it must be hard to be a stepdad yeah. or a stepmom. I know I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm lucky that I'm not anybody's stepmom. That's lucky. <laughs> well, I just, you know, because. I know that you and the kid's stepmom, you know, you you've both at times just it, it's it's hard to to love someone but also feel like you can't always put both hands in and and do the parenting, I would imagine. Mm-hmm like when we were making decisions about even allowing the kids to go back east with the pandemic and everything going on. And, you know, you and I sat and had many long conversations about it, but you kept saying over and over again, you know, eventually it's yours and John's call. And that must be an awful place to to be seated at.
0: I think you can learn... A little bit, I, I remember, uh, I remember times where I thought we'd made a decision about something and then you'd asked John for his input.
1: And it changes everything. And
0: I kind of felt, uh, <sighs> overruled isn't the right word. Right. And, and, and nor is ignored, but it made me feel something that was kind of negative. Right. And, uh.
1: Which is understandable.
0: And, uh, well, Looking back on this, like I absolutely shouldn't have felt anything like that <clears throat> because it is. It's not, I, I can give an opinion, but. And most of the time we're all in agreement. Right. And, well, it's not yeah, well, yeah to paint most a picture of the time we, we are. Of, yeah.
1: We have a very good working relationship with the kid's biological dad.
0: Right. So. Because what it kind of boiled down to, I think, as far as <laughs> this is going to be fascinating for everyone, but as far as I'm going back east, well, it was. I felt it was his call to say no.
1: Right.
0: And I think had I been him, I I may have said no.
1: Right.
0: Just because there's more important things. But but he's perfectly within his rights to to bring him out.
1: And he's been very sensible. They've been in quarantine for the past 14 days and everything. And he's kept them, you know, at home, climbing the walls. (laughs) Right. So... Yeah, like I said, we're we're most of the time in agreement and stuff. But you know, considering especially with Steli, she was so young; she was Oliver's age when you and I got together. So this is a kid whose whose butt you've wiped, (laughs) you know. (laughs) This is a kid that you've seen through. This is quite a funny story. Toddler stage to to preteenhood, so
0: she was two when i first met her yeah and you this was before i i, I was on vacation at this point <laughs> i was over for vacation this wasn't right but you had a i can't remember if you had a doctor appointment or a dental appointment or whatever but you you had to leave mm-hmm. so i stayed home with Sally. right and we were just watching the tv or whatever
1: I'm watching spongebob even then
0: probably <laughs> And then she just looked at me and she gave me a tug on the t shirt. You were out the door for maybe five minutes. And she said, Mr. Gav, I have pooped my pants. I was like, oh, fuck's sake. I've never changed a nappy in my life. I've never wiped anybody else's butt that wasn't mine. And luckily she knew where all the pull ups were, so she could walk me through it. This is what you need to do. And I'm like, oh God. innocent smells worse than human shit. <laughs> and then she's like right you need to put these in the laundry now like, oh. <laughs> 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 it's quite funny yeah. anyway anyway what was your moment of the week
1: gosh what was your moment of the week
0: I really liked the uh, I liked the Nick and Peter thing in the in the backyard of the the rovers at the end I thought it was quite a, a moving we scene
1: yeah I agree, and we haven't really given it to Peter and, and Nick in a while. Yeah,
0: I mean, there were bits about the Roy storyline and Evelyn that I, I enjoyed, but we were constantly giving it to them. And Right. <laughs> it's nice to take a screenshot that doesn't have Evelyn in it every now and again. <laughs> but that was just really moving, and I think it was, uh, as much as Nick was a prick mm-hmm. earlier, you could tell it was just... Born out of frustration, and
1: right, and wanting to wanting to be able to control at least one aspect right. of all of this,
0: absolutely, and I, and I think Peter could realize that as well mm-hmm. and, and see what it was, and just you know, just, you really don't want to get into this. This is not yeah. something. This is not a road that we want to go down, right? And calmly, kind of allow the situation to be diffused by women, right? Because all was women,
1: absolutely. <sighs>
0: And then just to have the, you know, the the, the good grace to accept an apology and, right. and be there for, uh, for Nick and, uh, and offer his advice and yeah, and know, just,
1: just sit and listen, mm-hmm. you know, and for Nick to go to Peter, and apologize—that's pretty huge too because, men, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but especially Nick. I mean, Nick hasn't, Nick. David was the first one to apologize to Audrey and try to mend fences with Audrey, mm-hmm. as you'll recall. You know, it took forever with Nick.
0: Yeah, he doesn't apologize he well. He doesn't
1: apologize well. He likes to be in control. He, he demands control and respect and attention and stuff. So for him to have the humility to go to Peter and say, look, I was in the wrong and I am sorry. And then, and then at that point to feel... Like he could emotionally break down in right. front of this other person.
0: Right. This that, other man.
1: This other man, who also, you know, is the father of a child. That that Nick has. Par- that Nick is also parenting, as well. You know, because I really also liked that scene with Nick and Simon earlier on, where where Nick says to Simon, you know, you you need to do this. You need to go take your exams. You know, this is important for your mom. It's important for you too. Mm -hmm. It's important to, and everything. And Nick was very calming in the whole risotto thing as well, saying, no, well, Simon is doing a really good job here and Simon is just trying to help and don't snap at Simon so much. Yeah,
0: he was good in that situation because the easiest thing would be just to let Leanne let off all this. Right. Again, her frustrations and whatever. But he he called her out as gently as he possibly could about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Which was a bit of a risk.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So that's our... Moment of the of week. week. Moment of the week?
0: The boring of the moment of the week. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> was it Simon's bouncy shoes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't,
1: I, Simon's been through enough. I don't want to give him boring of <laughs> the moment of the week. Right. Was it... Uh, Was it that scene in the factory with Alina and um, Michael? Michael, Because it was basically a conversation they've already had about, you know, him saying, well, maybe you should get back together with Seb and Alina saying, I don't want to get back together with Seb.
0: I was in two minds whether or not to even write down what happened there, but it was... At that point there was only two paragraphs in that storyline so I felt like I had to just yeah. to beef it up a little bit.
1: It was kind of boring it was kind of pointless because it's just rehashing old information essentially, only with new, slightly new information because Alina is firmly in the Emma camp here. Right.
0: Yeah, let's do that. That's our
1: boring moment of the week. Boring moment of the week.
0: And once again I have not done a neutral.
1: What is wrong with you?
0: I wasn't feeling very well. No. If you've ever... Had a pint in the Tabard. Why don't you write in to tell us about it? We're the talk of the street at gmail.com on email, which is also how you can uh, leave us a voicemail on the Skype. Yes. And if you want to plop a couple of ploppings into our virtual tip jar on the PayPal, please. We are at Cory Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please consider uh, leaving a rating and the review on the iTunes. Please. Thanks for making it to the end of another episode. We'll be back next week with more Talk of the Street.
1: Bye. Cheerio.